Thank you, God. God is good, isn't He? He's so good. He's so good to us. It's good to be together, isn't it? Isn't it good to gather? It's good to be together as the believers. You know, it's such a simple verse, but it's so easily neglected. And in our time today, it's a very busy time, isn't it? It's so easily neglected. We could easily just run, 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 can't we? And the word uh, is a very simple verse that we just breeze over, we skim over. <laughs> and it says, it says, do not forsake the gathering together of the believers. I'm saying it in old English, right? But do not forsake. It says, listen, guys, there's going to come a time and it will come easily where you'll uh, be pulled in different directions and not want to gather with other believers. It's so important that we gather together as believers, that we gather together, that we are not alone. You can't do it alone. Who's ever tried to do it alone? You just, you can't. Do you know it's not God's design? Did you know that the church is not called a building, it is called the body. We are all parts of that body, each of us. And there is no greater or lesser either. In fact, all of us, we all have a part to play in his body. And it is so important, the devil right now is just trying to get us uh, in every single way, I mean, he's coming in every single front. He's coming at all angles right now, but he's just really trying to get us uh, distracted, frustrated, divided, etc. And that's just the body of Christ. And you can go to a church with lots and lots of people so you don't notice as much, but what you don't notice is that people have come and gone every week. <laughs> They're coming and going because the devil is, some more people are coming, but the devil's sifting every single week. And uh, you're not seeing that on the, on the television show. You're not seeing that in the crowds because people are still coming. But the devil's getting people, and it's so sad and that, uh, that we allow him to do that as the body because we, as the body, we must do what Jesus did. Jesus stood in the gap. And we see the picture of Jesus all through the word. We can go all the way back and we have Moses. He stands in the gap between the people. Moses stood in the gap. When God said, just stand aside, I'm just going to kill them all. Moses got in between the people and he said, no, Lord. And the Lord turned his anger. He turned because Moses stood in the gap. So as believers, we need to really begin to pray for our brothers and sisters. We really need to plead with God for mercy on them. And we need to start just praying life over those saints, over your brothers and sisters. We really need to begin to lift them up and not just in this building, the church, but the church, the church of this nation and the church of the world. We need to lift our brothers and sisters up. The devil is trying to destroy it. And uh, what happens is he tries to get you to a place where you just say, I don't need this anymore. I quit. Who can identify? Can anybody identify that that's where the devil tries to get you to? And you say, well, I'm not going to. Who has done this? You ready, though? I would never give up on Jesus. I just don't need church. And, you know, honestly, even as a pastor, I think that way all the time. I don't give in to those thoughts, but they come. Devil tries to give me those thoughts too. I could easily go make more money. I could spend my time that I spend with believers. I could go make more money. Or I could just do free time. I love doing stuff in free time. I, love, I have plenty of hobbies. I'm never a bored guy. You will never ever hear me say I'm bored because I, ha I don't have enough time to do the things I love to do. So I could easily do that, but that's not, that's not what we're here for. That's not real, right? That's a matrix. That's, that's not real. That's a facade. That's a mirage. Real is right here. It is the body of Christ. Real is his body. And what the devil does is wants to try to get you isolated. See, first you just say, 
I don't need the church, but I, I just, I want Jesus. But you know what happens next? What happens when you get isolated? What's the very next step? What does the wolf do, right? Who's watched Discovery Channel? Watch the predator and the, and, and the prey. What happens? The safety is within the herd. The first thing he does is just isolate you away, get you by yourself. Listen, you want to go from one herd to another herd. That's fine. I think you just need to be in a herd. If, if your brothers and sisters are in another church, then that's amazing. Then just let them be and love them there. But if, they're, if they've just kind of gone back, start, they start mowing their lawns on Sundays and watching sports and, and, or just getting distracted or getting in hurts, you need to begin to really pray for them. That is serious. Because at first they're telling you, I still love Jesus. And you'll hear it for a while. And you ever talk to someone who hasn't been in the body for a season? At first, they still sound exactly like when they were there. But then after a season of not being in, in again, I have to stress this, in some part of the body somewhere, just in a, in, in a home group. But you have to be with other believers at some point. It's just something supernatural that happens. It strengthens you. Just be with believers somewhere. And I, it's, you don't hear many pastors say this, but I don't care where that is. It doesn't have to be here as long as you are with believers on a consistent basis. Not a once a month church. You don't eat once a month. You can't, can't eat the word once a month, right? We need to be constantly with other believers. So the predator gets the prey isolated. The first thing they do is they carve out one. Just get you and yourself, Get you by yourself. And you go, I'm still good. I'm still a sheep. You're not going to stop the fact that I'm a sheep. You're not going to change that. I'm still a sheep. I'm not with a herd. I'm still a sheep. My color's changing, though. Why is my white turning to red? Oh, wait a second. Why do I feel pain in my back hip? Because that's a predator now taking me down. I didn't plan on saying any of that, but I just feel like we really need to pray, guys. I, we really need to just start praying, 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 praying. And, and, it, and I really, really, really want to pray. I mean, in fact, we are the no-name no church, all right? We're not even, we don't even have, I don't even have a title up there except for Jesus to defend. All right, so I, when I say pray, I mean pray for the church, there's just a, I don't know if you sense it, but across the nation, across, across Christianity, there's just a pull. It's just, it's pulling so hard to get us away from Christ. And the devil does not care how it happens. It can be other religions, right? Who knows? There's many, many religions. I was just doing some quick math before the service, but I'm not good at advanced math, so... You know, don't quote me on this. But if I'm not mistaken, they say that there's about a billion and change, right, Christians today. But we have over 8 billion people. All right, so I'm not even going to give you the percentage. One-eighth. There you go. That's easy math. I can do that. We're one-eighth. But then out of that one-eighth, we are so fractioned and divided. There's, it gets down to like, the devil's just trying to crush us till we're nothing. Just break us apart in any way. He doesn't care if it's another religion. That's most of the world. If you go by easy math and by percentage, most of the world if we believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and he is the only way, then it's a sad truth, but we must come to terms with that. And in fact, that'll change your heart as well. It'll change our focus. It'll change our minds to be heavenly minded and heavenly focused instead of self. When we realize that most of the people around us are not going to heaven, that's a very harsh reality. And if that won't get you, then the devil goes to stage two 
Okay, I can't get them to stop believing in Jesus. They've got the truth. And you know how I know that I know that it's the truth? Because TLC doesn't care if there's a Buddhist statue in the garden. But they're going to edit out when they say, I love Jesus. You know that. Why do they care so much about, of all the deities of deities, and I don't see it that way. They're not deities, but let's just look at it from the world's perspective. Why Jesus? Why is he so offensive? Why can there be any other deity and any other God and any other thinking but Jesus? Don't go there. We were even watching a strange house thing. I don't know what channel, what show it was, strange homes. And they'll show even the satanic stuff. They're not afraid to do that either. But you're not going to go into the Jesus home. <laughs> I got some more opinions to say. I'm not going to say them for time. I could keep going down that road. He doesn't care how it happens. He just wants to get you to stop believing. From the moment you're born, the Holy Spirit is pursuing your heart. And when you're young, right, you can feel that call, right? Who felt that call when you were young, right? You felt it. You didn't know even what it was. A lot of times people go, I always knew there was something. I always knew there was something bigger than me out there. There was something calling me. You don't even know what it is, but the Holy Spirit began to work on your heart right away. And you know what simultaneously was after your heart? That one was much more obvious. It's such a flood from every angle. Every single angle, there's such a flood from the moment you're born to do evil and to cheat and to steal and to lie and just do what you want, when you want and how you want to do it. That's just the way of life, isn't it? He doesn't care how he gets you as long as he can get you to stop believing. I'm here to tell you today that we have to believe with such tenacity. We have to believe like we've never believed before because I'm telling you, Satan's after your belief in Jesus. And he'll do it sly. He'll do it in so many different ways and I'm not gonna preach on his ways, although the Bible does say to be aware of his strategies. I'm not here to preach on the ways that he does it, but you can use your imagination. You've seen them work in your own life, but it comes from all angles. As I just prayed in prayer, it can come from success, right? You can get, become too successful and you become prideful. The devil's got you there. He can get you the total opposite spectrum where you've got nothing and you're hurt and you're bitter your whole life and he's got you there. He doesn't care. He just wants to get you to not believe in Jesus, to give up. We cannot give up. Say, I will not give up. I want to read you just a quick parable that Jesus said in Luke chapter 18. In Luke 18, verse 1. Luke 18, 1 it says that one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. What does that say? Always pray and never give up. He warned us, Jesus warned us to keep praying and don't give up. Now, if it says always pray and never give up, and Jesus is telling us that, and let's just use... Let's just reverse it and use common sense, which means that there was a natural desire or inclination to what? Give up and not pray. Who, who prays naturally in here? Or who makes yourself pray? Anybody like me? And you say, I have to pray. Seems like there's time for everything else in your life except to pray. Isn't that true? We make time for everything. Listen, I just heard this said this week. It's not that you don't have time. It's that you don't make time. As soon as someone says, I don't have time, what they're really saying is, is I'm not going to make time for that. 
And in fact, so the person actually said they heard the example like this. You ready? Who likes cleaning the dust off the blinds in your house? Anybody make, you know, daily time for that? What if I was to pay you $100,000 to clean your, clean your blinds? Okay. So everybody in here that didn't have time to clean your blinds would make time. What we don't realize is, is how important, how serious the hour is. Devil's got us so self-focused and so focused on this life and so focused on each other that we miss the high calling. We miss the seriousness of the hour and the seriousness of the kingdom of God and the seriousness of a clock that is ticking down. God in heaven is like, is that all I have to do? I just got to pay you a hundred grand to pray? then you'll make time. Jesus warns us because it will, it's against human nature because you have to realize your human nature is not from God. I know that sounds like, what? But you didn't inherit that human nature from God. What happened is, right, the Garden of Eden. God made Adam and Eve in his own image. They inherited human nature when they broke God's law, when they sinned and broke right? Then we come out of the garden and Cain murders Abel. Didn't take long, did it? First two brothers on earth. Come on, brothers fight with brothers. Didn't take long. We literally got out of the garden and what happens? A fight breaks out. Come on, guys. Don't we see the strategies and tactics of the devil? Isn't that amazing? That's why we have to pray. That's why you cannot give up because as soon as you stop praying, you're already giving up. You don't realize that not praying is giving up. He said, there was a judge in a certain city. Who knows this parable? It's a good parable. All that Jesus said is good, but it's good today. Like Jeannie says, today, this is my favorite verse today. There was a judge in a certain city, and he said, he neither feared God nor cared about people. All right, this is a worldly judge. He doesn't care about God. He doesn't care about you. But it says that a widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. And the judge ignored her for a while. Why? Because he doesn't care. I don't care because I'm a worldly judge. It says, but finally, he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about this woman or anybody else for that matter because I'm just the world like everyone else. That's the world system, the world thinking. It says, but this woman is driving me crazy. This is a parable that Jesus said this. This is a Sunday school parable. <laughs> Isn't it funny what we tell our kids at Sunday school? Noah's Ark, Noah floating along in the ark, all the animals, everybody's singing, right, playing. Meanwhile, everybody else is dying outside. <laughs> right, we don't tell them that part. The whole world's dying, drowning. Please open the door for me. Right, we keep the, but we do it as adults. Right? We remember the easy stuff. We remember Noah and the ark. We don't remember the harsh side, the other side to that reality. We love Jesus, right? The world says it all the time. God, 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 God. Then it gets down to, well, which God? Okay, Jesus is cool. I don't have a problem with Jesus. But then we get down to the real Jesus of the word. As I say so often, because we have to. What is, who is he? And this is his parable. This is his words. And he said... He's giving this parable. He said, this woman's driving me crazy. This is Jesus. He's not afraid to tell the truth. He says, so the judge says, she's driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. 
Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he, everybody say, even he, rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God, right? Which it doesn't give an explanation here. Don't you think God, because God is God and God does care about people. So don't you think God, in contrast to this worldly judge, who even he, if you nag him enough, this judge is going to give you what you are asking for. He says, don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out? Everybody say, cry out out. to him day and night. Even a worldly judge would, would answer that. So imagine God who has every, our care, he has your best in mind all the time. Even Jesus being on the cross. Now in our minds, you say that doesn't, I I disagree. That does not seem like his best. But even Jesus on the cross, it was God's best in mind. Come on, his plan. If it's not the best for your life at that very moment, then you have to look bigger. And your mind's not going to get it anyway, so just give up. But God's got his plan in mind. He's got his best for his creation, his people in mind. And imagine if we dared to pray. Imagine we dared to ask God to move on our behalf. Imagine we said, Lord, Lord, the devil is on a rampage against our brothers and sisters. Imagine we began to pray for this church. Imagine we began to pray for this nation. We say, Lord, there's a a total attack against this entire system. This whole nation is changing and turning, and what is wrong is becoming right, and what is right is becoming wrong. Lord, and we plead with him. He said, Don't you think God will surely give justice to those who cry out to him, right? His chosen people, that is us. We are his chosen people. We are the church, right? Those that have been separated who have a connection to God, right? We have a direct line to him. And we cry out day and night. He says, will he keep putting them off? Verse 8 says, I tell you, he will. Come on, everybody say, he will. Grant justice to them quickly. Now, quickly is don't use your human mind. God's quick and our quick is a little bit different. Right, God's quick. But if it's quickly, if, God, if it says quickly, then it's quickly. And just get the time frame out of your mind. God's doing it as quick as he can. I know that doesn't make sense. He could do it faster. But God's doing it as quick as his plan will permit. That's a good way to say it. He says, but, everybody say but. When the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? And this question, if you've ever heard a sermon on this verse before, is more of a statement. It's a question, but the language is actually more of a statement that says, I'm not going to find, unfortunately, my creation, I love them, but I, when I come back, there's not going to be much faith left. And already, like I said, we're already, do you realize we are already a small percentage of this world? We're already so small. At the very greatest, you're in a one-eighth category. But honestly, of that one-eighth, who is really believers? Or who has just said, oh yeah, I'm a believer, but doesn't live that life, hasn't truly repented and given their lives to Jesus. We're very small, and the devil's just trying to chip away and just just get us to this place. But we, the Bible says right here that you don't have to lose your faith. Do you realize this? Do you realize that 
this parable, Jesus says to us, he literally gives us a parable that tells us, you can cry out to me day and night and I will hear you and I will grant you justice. But how many will do it? But how many will really do it? How many will really cry out to me? And as we look back at verse one, he said that this was to his disciples. So this is to believers. This is not like the world versus believers. This is to the believers. And that they should always pray and never give up. I was thinking this week uh, about the chapter uh, two in James where we talk about our faith. And it says in verse 14, James two, verse 14, it says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions. Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. And I want to continue, but first I want to say that Jesus tells us, listen, church, your faith is going to be attacked. The devil is going to try to get you to stop believing. He's going to get you to stop praying. He's going to just get you in self. But I want to tell you something that even an unjust, I'm, I'm up here in heaven just waiting to answer. An unjust judge, he doesn't care about you. But if you nag him enough, come on. Remember, this is Jesus. I love that Jesus told us, just keep coming to me. Keep praying to me. Keep seeing, seeking me. That there is not just a, okay, I believe you, Jesus. Now you do it. Okay, Jesus. Well, don't you think Jesus loves your friends more than you do? Well, then why do we have to tell anything to them? Why doesn't Jesus do that job himself? I know that sounds harsh, but that's what we think inside sometimes. If you love them, you do it. Don't you think Jesus loves them more than you? More than you ever could. Then why would he tell us to pray? Don't you think God wants his plan to work out on this earth more than you do? Then why pray? Why are we praying if it didn't matter? But he tells us to keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. And then over here in James, the reason that I've been meditating on this is that he's showing us that it's not simply a belief within your heart, but there is an action to that belief within your heart that causes you to pray, that causes you to do. That's what causes you to go. That's what causes you to move with God as he's asking you to do. We can just believe, 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 believe and be sitting at, our, at home watching TV and say, I believe, I believe. But we see here in James that there was an action. There's a faith. Okay, I have faith in God and I have faith that God can do it. So now your faith that God can. You have to understand that first. You have to know that God can. You have to know who God is. God is. God is able. You have to know who he is. He is God. But then you also have to know the other side that he told us, I'm God. But I love you so much that I lowered myself all the way to human form, came on the earth and died a low human to create a connection here between you on earth and me in heaven that sin can no longer stop. So if you will open your mouth and pray, as Jesus says, in my name, come on, we just begin to pray. Now, what did Jesus tell us over here in, in Luke? He tells us to keep praying. Just because your unsaved friend, your unsaved brother, your sister, your mother, your husband, etc., that they're not saved, you keep praying. You just keep praying. You keep 
loving. You got to put that faith inside you into action. That's what I'm trying to say today. Am I making any sense? Sometimes I got it. My mind's like a funnel. And I, it's like I got too many things in there at once and I have blocks here and I'm trying to bring all these blocks together. But we have to put action to what we believe. We say we believe, then, then let's believe. Believe is not just an internal thing. Yes, the man on the cross had no chance to do any action whatsoever except just to confess it with his mouth. And he was saved right then and there, saved and went to heaven with Jesus. But as you're living, you're not pinned to a cross, your actions, come on. If we say we believe, then we need to be believers in our lives. If we say we believe, then we have to pray. Jesus told us to. If we say we believe, then we have to plead with our brothers and sisters. We have to love our brothers and sisters. And that's what he says here. He says, you believe, you have faith, but you have to know that if you don't take that faith that's inside you, come on, it's not even something supernatural happens inside you, right? You accept Jesus into your life. Something changes within you that's even beyond you. Who's experienced that, right? You love people that you didn't love, not because you want to love them, but just because Jesus did it inside you. But something has to be done with that. The Lord is asking an action from us as his church, as the body. The Lord's asking his church to be the church, to be the body. And I wish it was, I wish it was sometimes like the rest of human nature, like a drive through I wish sometimes that it's like an ATM machine. We go there, we put the card in, and we go to heaven. <laughs> I believe, I swear, I believe. I don't want this world. I be- Jesus, I don't want this world, I want you. But he chose it to be human. Come on, God could have done it any other way. Could God, was God limited? Did God do it this way because he was forced into this place? God did it because he's God and he can do whatever he wants on one side, but also because this is the way he wanted it. He can do whatever he wants as far as, you get what I'm saying? Like, he could just be God, could be anything, but he wanted it this way. He wanted it to be human, human, human to human. That that's how you hear the gospel, is from human to human. And you have to understand that that's how things happen in someone's life. You don't realize, who's had a grandmother, right, that was praying for you? Right, who's, you know, that's such a classic story. We don't even know the grandmothers beyond us that have been praying for us. You don't even know. You just think you came to Jesus one day, which you don't know was you had a grandmother that was praying her butt off. That's all she was doing was praying, 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 praying for you. You're out there thinking, man, I'm invincible. Who thought they were invincible as a kid? My hand's up high. In stupidity, just saying kids are so dumb. Kids are dumb. They don't have wisdom yet, and they do dumb stuff. That's why parents have to pray for them. You could do all the protection you want. They're going to sneak out and do dumb stuff anyway. Why is nobody agreeing with me with that? Nobody, I guess I was the only one. The only one here. Sorry, Lord. Thank you for your grace and mercy. Wow, thank you for your blood. Thank you, Jesus. You've washed that away. But it was prayer. Come on. My mom would pray every single day, going, sending off, us off to school, praying over us. Too much, too many words, too little breath in there. Praying, 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 always. And I know for a fact that prayer was working because I got to see it work sometimes. And there was one time I was out biking, you know, back then though too, I mean... The older generation was even more extreme than us, but even my generation, you know, we were out all day. Mom and dad didn't know where you were, but I was out on my bike one day and I went down into some trails and this pickup truck started chasing me and I went and hid up in a tree and the pickup truck went up and down this dirt trail in the woods, back and forth, back and forth till finally it left and I jumped on my bike and got home as fast as I could. 
And I know that that plan was a plan of the enemy against me, but prayer stopped that that day. Come on, church, there's some action to our faith. You know what the devil wants to get us doing? You know what we spend our time doing? Self, 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 self. And then when it's not self, it's, I don't like you, I don't like you, I don't like you, I don't like you. <laughs> wow. Come on, guys. But listen, we can change the climate. We can literally change the atmosphere by prayer and by putting this faith that he's given us into action. Back in James 2, he says, verse 17, so you see faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good, good deeds. It is dead and useless. You hear that verse? Come on, this is such a sobering verse. Faith by itself is dead and useless. Everybody say faith by itself is dead and useless. That's the verse. I didn't write this. I'm glad James did, so I didn't have to hear that from the Spirit of God and tell you that today. The Word is good, and everything is in His Word. His Word does have life within it. Come on, there. Come on, two millennia old scrolls, and now I'm reading on a digital device. But this was not just words, but it was dictated by God himself through Jesus and through men that he trusted to write these words. This has life still today. And then others, right, they try to do good deeds without faith, and that's equally just as dead, isn't it? We have to do it God's way, don't we? And we can't, you can't just do it. It has to come. You have to have that relationship with Jesus. You have to have him change your heart. You don't even know what to pray for until he does that anyway. The Holy Spirit begins to change you. Are we making any sense today? We having fun in church though still too? Maybe a little at the same time? That's not my ultimate goal, but hopefully you're kind of happy too. Someone may argue some people have faith, but others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You may know it as works, right? Other translations use it as works. And it's not religious works. All right, there was religious actions that you could do, right? You could go to the temple and you could do religious things to, to get a religious result, which all pointed to Jesus. And Jesus washes away the religion of it, but he doesn't wash away the deed that comes out of a changed heart, right? He still, if you've truly been changed, if you truly have faith, it could almost be said, you can't, not pray. <laughs> if you truly have been changed within, come on, what does it say in this, right here? We see as well in this word, you can't have good words and evil words, right? You can't have blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth just as you can't have good water and bad water come out of the same well. If you have faith in Jesus, then you will have good deeds. But you can have good deeds and not have Jesus. Right? A lot of the, all the other religions, really, for that matter, all the religions have some form of good deed. But meanwhile, we believe in Jesus. But if you truly believe in Jesus, then there will be an action to that belief. He said, so... You say, verse 19, you have faith for you believe that there is one God. <laughs> Look at this verse. Anybody know this verse? Everybody in here know this verse? Come on, this is one we should read all the time. This should be a daily reading. Why do I not feel your agreement? Yeah. 
You say you have faith. I have faith. For you believe that there is one God. I love how the NLT says it. It says, good for you. Good for you. So what? That's what, like, I mean, listen, there might, I'm not going to name names because I never do that. So let's just use a generic football player. But they go, oh, God, help me do this. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Maybe God helps you do that. I mean, I don't know. You could be a real believer, but so many of them just say it so generically. Like, I believe. Got to have faith. Got to have faith. So he helped you win that football game, but then if we go to your Instagram, it's ladies and language and clubs. But got to have faith. God help me do it. It's not just a confession of belief. Come on, guys. We got this, right? As his church. It's not just a simple confession, but that confession, if it has truly gotten down, like the word says, like good seed and good soil, it's going to produce good fruit. The devil's trying, though, he'll try to get that seed out of that soil in any way. Remember, that's why there's different strategies. Some, it's just hardness. That seed, it hits that ground, and I don't want anything to do with Jesus, right? Some of them, they do take growth, but only for a season and other things come in and distract them and hard, different under the surface. I can't do this because this is harder than I thought or they get pulled away by the cares of this world. So it says, good for you that you believe. That's great. Glad that you believe that. That's the, that's the beginning. Absolutely. Sure. Yep. That's kind of how I want to say, like God's saying, yeah, sure. That's the truth. But even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. Just because you believe doesn't mean you believe. (laughs) God's gauge of belief is action. If you truly believe, then there will be an action out of it. There will be a result. God's love for you is so immense that I can't even describe it to you. It can't even be measured. I can't use human words except this, Jesus and his blood. And his grace covers. And I don't know how that works. I don't know where it begins and ends that we can be Christians and do some not Christian things sometimes. And then we hide under that grace. But we just, hopefully, you just keep repenting. I'm going to leave this is between you and God, but that you come back into a repenting heart and you give it to him, keep giving it to him. But ultimately, he still is a judge. That's where I'm trying to get to. His grace covers, but he's still a judge. I don't know where that grace ends for you, but at some point it does. It might be your last breath. He might give you your entire life and doesn't judge you whatsoever, except for your last breath. But I can tell you from the word, at some point that grace that's been covering you, it's like fertilizer to the seed, the word. Come on, church, are we getting this? At some point, its purpose is not just to cover you, but to fertilize the word inside you. And that's why we keep putting more word in and stay with the believers, right? And stay close to a good family of believers so that then that grace doesn't just cover that sin, but causes that to get uprooted and actually causes something inside you to want to do an outworking. And all of a sudden, the bitterness, the hurts, the cursing, and all these things in us, and even the pride of life, all that stuff starts going away, and we start acting. Now, I'm, that's why I don't put that on anybody on day one. You better show me your faith today, except confession, like the man on the cross. That's why I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed to the sinner's prayer. 
I'm not opposed to the, the, the prayer that, I'm, that I believe, but the demons, they say that too. So if there's not an action then that's following, then maybe you didn't put that seed in there. Maybe you haven't repented yet. That's a question you should ask. Maybe not in this room, but also maybe listening in the podcast. If your actions are constantly evil, then maybe you should ask the question, have I repented? At some point, the grace that covers you fertilizes that seed. I'll say it again. And, and, and an outworking, come on, a fruit begins to grow and we begin to do. That's not what it's about. You can't be saved by it. That's what we're talking about in here. The works has nothing to do with salvation except that it's a result of salvation. And in fact, as Christians, you should look at your... Let's just not look at each other. No one judge each other's tree. Your tree is in your backyard. But look at your own tree and look at your fruit. You should do that as believers to yourself and say, wait a second, there's some rotten fruit on that tree. Don't get hurt. Don't get offended. Don't get condemned. But say, Lord, I want you to cut that stuff off. I want you to get it out. I'm repent. Whatever I haven't repented of, I'm repenting today. I want it gone from my life because I want good fruit. I want that grace to not just cover me. Thank you, Lord, that you do. And I don't understand that, but I don't want it to just cover me. I want it to help me do what you've asked me to do. Because it says, and we'll just close at this. He says, how foolish, how foolish to just say you believe. How foolish to just say I believe. It's just a confession. But can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? It says that don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his Abraham was right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. Verse 22, you see his faith and his actions worked together. Isn't that amazing? His faith and his actions worked together when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. You see, his faith and his actions worked together. Come on. His faith caused action. And his actions made his faith complete. His actions made his faith complete. Our actions, you ready for this, should be a mirror of the faith we claim to believe. If your actions are mirroring something else, then go back and check the seed. Go back and check your root system. I'm not saying that God's not in there. I'm not claiming that you're not saved. I'm just saying that there might be some things that he wants to get out of there then that are growing with the word. But I love this because it says that his actions made his faith complete. And so it happened, just as the scriptures say, listen to this, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. That's a direct, we don't have time. I had all the texts in here, but I talked too long. So you're going to have to go back and read it. It's in Genesis 15. Go back and read today, uh, if you can, this, this very day. Go read Genesis 15 and Genesis 21. And you're going to see this story. Because what it says is, Abraham believed God. God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He comes outside just very quickly. You have to read it. But he comes outside. He says, he says, God, that's great. You gave me this land. You brought me here. You remember his story? He takes him out, right? Takes him from his family. And he's over there. And he's like, okay, that's amazing. But I, got no, I have no seed. And he says, I'm going to give you a son. Look up at the stars. Okay. And it says that he believed. Right then and there, he was righteous. The belief was in his heart without any action at all. It was truly in his heart and says that God counted him as righteous. It was an internal work without any action whatsoever. Just supernatural right then and there. I believe you. God saw he believed internally and that was done. He was righteous. But the Bible tells us in chapter 21 
that then he keeps his promise, he comes, gives him um, a son, and then read chapter 22, because now he says, now go sacrifice your son. So to truly believe God means not just that I'm going to believe him the way that makes sense, the way that I see fit. I'm not going to believe him as long as it's cool with me and fits my story and fits my time schedule, etc. But when I believe, it is as simple as an internal heart thing that you are righteous right then and there. The blood covers you in your heart. It is in your heart. But then your actions, when God says, hey, he says, hey, if you're saved then I want you to love your wife like I love the church, right? Ephesians 5. Now, if I don't do that, just because I said I believed back over here, come on, I either didn't believe or I don't believe him enough to do what he's asked me to do. Isn't that incredible? It says that his faith and his actions, they came and they had a, a crashing point, right? His actions showed, I really do believe God no matter what. Even though internally it had already been settled and done, the actions hadn't even happened yet. But your actions will be what's inside. So I'm just going to close with this line. Your, your hearts, just check your own hearts today. I'm doing the same thing in my heart. If I'm thinking certain ways, saying certain things, actions are certain things, go into that internal place and check why you're allowed to do that. Why does my mouth allow to curse and bless at the same time? Because my word says it can't do that. Go check the heart, right? Amen. All right, bless you guys. I just want to just pray for us. Lord, I pray that you'd sink this word down deep in our hearts, Lord. You'd put it down deep in us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. A seed that cannot be stolen. Don't let it be choked out. Don't let it be robbed. The hardness of life, etc. Lord, we cannot lose this thing today, Lord, that you've given us, Lord, this truth. And I just pray, Lord, that as your church, we would put some action, Lord, to what you've asked us to do, that we would realize that you are a God that has literally cleared the universe. You made a direct channel to earth and you said, I will use you. I will speak to you. If you pray to me, I will move on your behalf. And as we begin to pray for a change internally, we begin to pray for our brothers and sisters and for this church and for this nation. I thank you, Lord, that that action out of truly believing, okay, if you are truly God and you truly mean it, then we're going to put action to it and say, okay, Lord, we're going to pray that prayer. We're going to pray those prayers, Lord, that we're going to see our loved ones saved. We're going to see, Lord, this region changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.